Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. Welcome to the Productivity Show. My name is Zachary Sexton. Hey, this is Tan. And we are here to talk about efficient homes. We wrote up a list on one of our efficient home methods, and we're just going to sit here and chat about it, kind of get our ideas on how you can make your home more efficient, especially if you spend a lot of time in it. So these are going to be five methods, and we actually spend a lot of time at home because Tan and I often work from home. We work from each other's home at times, so we want that area to be as clean as and as efficient as possible. And if you work from home, you may actually want to listen to Mike on a recent episode of Homework. We'll put that in the show notes where he talked about email and his systems be, behind that. But as far as our homes go, there are five things that really stand out for making them more productive, and we'll just run through them right now. And the first one is the 22nd rule. So this is a very simplified thing that you can implement right away. And uh, this is something you can implement very quickly, especially if you live in a relatively small apartment like I do. So I live in a, I think it's 700 square feet apartment, so it's not too big for one person. And one of the things I've sort of learned from other people is that if you make things as easy as possible to pick up or if it's within reach, especially within 20 seconds, it makes it much easier to do the thing you want to do, right? So for example, one of the things I like to do every single morning is to stretch and use my foam roller. So I have my foam roller literally within 20 second reach. So if I'm in a bathroom and I need to grab it, it's within 20 seconds. Often, because my apartment is relatively small, it's even within five seconds, right? So if you have a bigger home and you wanna design your place where everything is within reach, try to see if you can make things within 20 seconds of reach, right? So that means walking over, grabbing it, and picking it up. And 20 seconds is kind of like the upper limit. If you can have it, you know, within 10 seconds, then obviously it's better. But the main idea is really just designing your home to encourage you to create the behaviors that you want to have and make it as easy and as accessible as possible. Nice. And I've heard about this too in other contexts as far as ritual and habit building. Sometimes you see a certain object and it's a trigger for a habit, either a good habit or a bad habit. So if you see the remote, as soon as you walk into your living room, you may be just primed to turn on the TV. Or if you replace that remote with a Kindle, because you want to read a little bit more often, you might be more primed to pick up that Kindle and read a little bit more often. Are there some specific examples, Tan, that you've found that by implementing the 20-second rule that you do either a little bit more or a little bit less of a certain activity? Well, if we go really meta, um, it probably takes me about 20 seconds to get to the gym. So that, that makes it very easy to go there. But just around the home, for example, if I need to grab some something to eat real quick, you know, my, my kitchen's within 20 seconds. Yours is probably too. So it can go in a good direction and it can also in a, go in a bad direction. If you want to bake or break certain bad habits or rituals, you can also flip it, right? So make it as hard as possible to reach it. So if it's over 20 seconds, then you make it more difficult, more challenging for yourself to sort of encourage that bad behavior. 
But on the flip side, as we sort of encourage you to do is to make it within 20 seconds. So another example that I have in, in my place is that I like to drink a lot of water and I want to make it as easy as possible. So I have like a water system next to my desk that's literally within arm's reach, I'd say. Uh, so if I need to drink more water and I want to stay hydrated, which is important to me, it's literally within arm's reach. So at my workstation, I have all the things that I need that are within arm's reach, right? Whether it's you know paper, drinking water, the tools that I need to get stuff done, everything is there. So think about the 20-second rule as like an architecture or being an architecture of your own place and how you can design your own place so that everything is within arm's reach, if not within 20 seconds. Nice. And I even know that getting it down from maybe the 20-second mark even lower might help even more. For example, you just started putting your supplements into this little container. has all the supplements that you need, your fish oil, your vitamin D, uh, super greens, I think, is one you uh, use as well. So it's all in one container, so you can just shake it out for Monday, pop them in your mouth, drink drink them down, versus opening up every single individual bottle, which probably was under the 20-second mark, but I think the fact that you have this seven-day-a-week container, it's sitting right there in your kitchen, you're not going to miss it, you're going to do that positive ritual. The next one, and we're looking at, is the whiteboard. So having a whiteboard in your room or in your home is something that I feel like you can use in a lot of different ways. So Tan, do you want to chat about that? Yeah, the whiteboard is such a easy thing you can implement and has a tremendous amount of benefits. So for example, if you like to capture a lot of ideas, a whiteboard is great for that, right? Step number one in GTD is, just, is to capture your ideas. And if you're somebody who has a lot of sticky notes around your monitor or, or your desk, I would say, you know, get a whiteboard and replace that with that because sticky notes are just, you know, I think they're too old school, but also I think a whiteboard is a little bit more efficient Second thing is it allows for brainstorming sessions. And this is something we do quite a bit internally. And so we use a whiteboard all the time to brainstorm and, and, and just put ideas out there and flowchart ideas. And personally, I always like to write things down that I need to remind myself of. Or uh, if I have guests over, I always write the password on the whiteboard so that people can, can use my Wi-Fi. So there's just like little things like that to make things a little bit easier and uh, it makes you go paperless as well in a lot of ways because if somebody asks me for my Wi-Fi password, which is kind of, could be you know a difficult thing to announce or pronounce, you know writing it down on a whiteboard means everybody can see it. Uh, you don't have to waste paper and, and throw it away and, and do it again later. So it's like little things like that that make it more convenient for everybody involved. Yeah, I never thought of that as a paperless method, but th- that does help a lot. Nikita and I, w- for a grocery list, instead of putting a piece of paper on our uh, on our refrigerator, which we had been doing, we've been just writing it on the whiteboard. And as maybe she or I pick something up, we'll erase it or put it back on there. Things that you want to remind yourself of, maybe even inspirational quotes. Or There's a lot of good uses for it, especially if you place it in an area where everyone around the house can see. So uh, whiteboard, second one for efficient home. What is the third one, Tan? The third one is decluttering. I know, (laughs) super boring, you know, keeping your place tidy, keeping it clean. But that's one of the fastest things you can do that will give you the biggest bang for your buck, quote unquote. 
So if you are somebody who's really messy and has like stuff all over the place, it's going to slow you down in a lot of ways, not just with stuff, you know, being in front of you and, and you have to walk around stuff. Like, for example, right now I'm getting ready for a trip and there's like boxes all over the place. Right. So it's kind of inconvenient for me to walk around my place. And um, when you have a lot of stuff as well in sight, then what it does, is it occupies a little bit of mind share as well. Because, for example, I have these boxes here. And now in the back of my head, I know I need to throw them out, right? At some point today, I know I need to throw them out. So the longer they stay there, the more mind share they will get, the more stress it will build up. And so if you have all this stuff around you that's not you know, making you more productive, move it out of the way. Like the less stuff you have in sight, I don't want, I don't want to say the less stuff you have, but the less stuff you have in sight, the the more likely it is that you'll be more efficient in your workspace. So, for example, one of the things I learned from Joshua Becker is that if you clean your kitchen counter and just move stuff away from it and put it into, you know, uh, somewhere else, then, one, the space looks a little bit bigger, but also, two, mentally, you don't have to worry about all these things anymore that are on there because it's out of sight. So it's the whole idea of like out of sight, out of mind. If you don't see it, you don't think about it. And so that gives you more space and more power and more energy to think about other stuff because, you know, you and I, we're both knowledge workers. We, we have to use our willpower. We, we have to use our brain to do some of our best work. And so the less things you have to worry about, the more resources you have to do your best work. I really like that, especially that box example. I never thought of it as an open loop. That box is just saying, all right, I need to be recycled. And every time you look at it, it's still saying, I need to be recycled. It's something that you know you're going to have to do, and it just takes up that mind share. Uh, and, and definitely looking forward to interviewing Joshua Becker and doing the, the Marie Kondo method recently, too. You, you get to realize that if you don't have so much stuff to maintain and to take care of, then uh, then it's then you get more time back in your day because you're no longer needing to dust all the old books off or wash all the clothes or take care of the, the rec recreational, you know, tools that you don't use anymore. Those skates that you haven't worn in 10 years, you just don't have to worry about it. You don't have to maintain it. So declutter is a big one. It, it actually might be a uh, number one. And, and I feel like it does, affect the 22nd rule too. If your house is full of clutter, it's going to be harder to find things because you're going to have to move stuff to the side to actually get to the tools that you need to be using. And I guess speaking of tools, I think this is your favorite one, Tan, when it comes to productive households and it's home automation. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to home automation and uh, I'm sure Zach can testify to that. So I have a little bit of a side project where I want to make my home as efficient as possible through the use of technology. So I, I see the benefits of having automated stuff in my house that make my life a little bit easier. So uh, two major purchases that have really helped me is one is to get an Amazon Echo. And then the second thing is to get Philips Hue lights. So the Amazon Echo, what that allows me to do is think of it as the Siri for your home. Like you can you can activate it. You can ask it questions. It can tell you what the weather is like. You can request an Uber ride from it. You can order stuff from Amazon. It can turn on my lights. It can turn off my lights. 
it can do so many things. Like one of my favorite uses is whenever I cook hard-boiled eggs, I, I literally say, hey, hey thingy, because I don't want to activate it right now, but I could say, hey, uh, set a timer for nine minutes and we'll set a timer for nine minutes. And then when it goes off, it makes that noise. So I know it's time to, to you know, cool off my eggs, right? So another thing I use it for all the time is to ask it what the weather is like. So instead of pulling out my phone, I literally ask it, hey, what's the weather today? And I get all the weather information I need. Or if I need to get an Uber ride, hey, can you request me an Uber ride? And then I'll get the car you know, coming over to my place. So it's like little things like that that the Amazon Echo makes things a little bit more convenient. And uh, you don't really know the power of it until you actually have one. So if you don't have one yet, um, definitely grab one because I, I love mine. Now, the second thing is the Philips Hue lights. So this is more of a toy rather than like a, a you know essential thing. But uh, it always impresses people. So if you like to do that, that's always fun. But basically what you can do is you can control your light bulbs with your iPhone or uh, through the Amazon Echo as well. Right? So one of the things that you can do is like lay in bed. You know, you want to turn off your lights. You press a button on your iPhone and it's turned off. Or if you have it connected with your Amazon Echo, you can say, hey, turn off the lights and we'll turn off the lights. Another thing you can do is have like geofencing with it. So what I mean with that is um, if you leave your house, it will automatically turn off the lights based on your iPhone location. So if you go without a certain further than a certain radius, it will turn off all the lights automatically for you. So the other thing uh, it does is the flip side of that, which is if you come close to your apartment or your home, it will turn on the lights based on the fact that uh, you can, you know, if it's if it's dark outside, it knows when the sunset has taken place and then uh, if you come in within a certain radius it will turn on the lights for you which is great i find now the third thing i would say is um this is you know partly automation but having a sonos i think will uh make your place a little bit more fun and and efficient so you can listen to music and control your audio uh, throughout your whole home and uh, that's another thing i would recommend so you know the most important thing is really the amazon echo that's like the siri for your home Second thing is the Philips Hue lights. And then if you, you know, uh, really want to turn it up a notch, you know, having a Sonos sound system in your house uh, is like the third thing I would recommend. All right. So we got the 22nd rule, whiteboards, decluttering, and home automation. This last tip to make your home more efficient is about the other half of the time you spend in your home, which is while you're sleeping. So our recommendation for an efficient home is to get blackout curtains. And the reason behind this, Tan does not have blackout curtains, but has had them in the past. And I currently have blackout curtains in two of my bedrooms because it allows you to sleep more efficiently. Right now, the time just changed and it's late. It's light until almost nine o'clock. So if you go to bed early, especially if you're trying to do the the 5 a.m. challenge or the 5 a.m. ritual, then this light can be misleading. It wants to keep your body up. So having blackout curtains is a good way of being able to naturally allow your your sleep system to kick in, the melatonin to start to be released, and uh, sort of fall asleep at the time that you want to. So do you have anything to add about the the blackout curtains or or sleep in general, Tan? No, you pretty much nailed it there. I, I used to have them and I kind of missed them at, <laughs> at some points because now, as you mentioned, uh, it's a little bit lighter, uh, a little bit later in the day. And so I do have a little bit of a hard time to fall asleep at night. 
But uh, since I'm an early morning person, I kind of like waking up to the lights. But when I did have them, I did notice I slept a lot more. And this is something we talked about a lot in our Better Sleep audio program, which is giving you the tools and information you need to to sleep better at night. And one of the tips we mentioned in there is having uh, blackout curtains. So they're not too pricey, I believe. Um, They're pretty affordable. So if you're somebody who needs to sleep a little bit more and wants to make it easier for themselves to get that kind of sleep and fall asleep a little bit faster, I think it's a worthwhile investment to have. Yeah, I believe I spent about $40, and that included the the rack to hang it up on my blackout curtains. And you can buy more expensive, nicer ones that will also start to be soundproofing. So that's another thing. If you live in a, a noisier neighborhood, hopefully the, none of it's bleeding through, but I'm looking out to, on a construction site right now. So you might be able to uh, block out some of that sound as well and get more of that sleep because that is a huge piece of your productivity, a huge piece of your energy if you're not getting the rest you need uh it just takes you down pretty much universally um even more than clutter might even more than uh the 22nd rule might because if you're just tired and walking through the day as a zombie it's really hard to uh to concentrate focus maintain that focus you actually have less willpower so blackout curtains and any other techniques and tools that you need to get the rest you need would be highly encouraged all right so Pan, that's it. I think this is going to be a fun little uh, little quick episode. We've been hearing, getting some feedback from a lot of you guys, and you tend to like the ones where we have conversations and just talking about having a, a back and forth on on what we do and how how we uh, live day to day and how we try to make just even the little things efficient. So you could be at work, you could be at home, uh, wherever you are, you can always make things a little bit easier to to do more and and be better. So thank you for tuning into this episode of the productivity show and we'll see you next productive monday